You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show, as well as my other podcast, How to Stand, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com. There you'll find episode guides, as well as additional reading, more exclusive content, tons of great stuff. And never miss an update, an album review, interview, etc. by subscribing to the free newsletter, howtostand.substack.com. You could also become a paying subscriber on Substack, and that means you're supporting an independent creator and become part of a community, howtostand.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Hello everybody, welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. Better late than never, right? Let's talk about the best releases of June. I intentionally pushed this off because there was just so much else going on in terms of concert coverage, new album releases I wanted to dedicate episodes to, Espa and Hyphen. So just schedule-wise, it made sense to push this off a bit. So forgive me for that, but I hope you do still enjoy checking out the best of June based on my recommendations. Usual caveats apply. I'm not coming for your faves. I never am trying to be super subjective. I really try to keep my objective music critic brain on for these rankings and reviews. I check out literally hundreds of new albums and videos every month, narrow it down to a top 20 most remarkable across the worlds of T-pop, C-pop, J-pop, and K-pop. So it's a monumental task. I take it very seriously, very proud of and passionate about my music and how I review it. So please keep all that in mind. It's nothing personal if your fave didn't make the cut, but stay tuned as always because I have plenty of honorable mentions on the way. All that being said, let's get to number 20. Zunya and Kuma-chan, 40 to 1. The video honestly is not why I picked this, because it's really just okay. It's another heist film, kind of not complete in its storytelling, because they seem to be like vying for this woman's affection at an auction, and it's a jewelry heist. So maybe the auction was for the jewelry, and the comic relief was meant to be from them auctioning for a date with her instead? Or maybe it's that they tried the jewelry heist and then just went to the auction, because why not? We're right here. And because they couldn't find the jewelry the legal way, they decided to just steal it? I don't know. The story feels a little too incomplete and unsatisfactory. But I would say the song makes up for that because it's really fun, really fast. And you know what? Why not give a theme song the same amount of props you would give any other quote-unquote official song? Some theme songs, like this one for Small and Mighty, really do slap. They go off as much as any other single. Theme songs are so underrated, but that's a rant for another day. 19. Hittery Pharmacy this album is a great mix of cohesion and variety. Each song flows into the others quite well, quite seamlessly, so they all have this unifying vibe and certain instrumental layers underlying each of them continuously. There's a through line. But on top of the through line are different instrumental layers for different songs. My personal fave might be track two, but I also love the one after, Neon Beauty, that adds lots of fun synths on top of the continuous percussion layer. Then there's a grungier feel to Flight Simulator, and Quit, Quit with a period, is the song that ends the album, and they go off with a theatrical flourish with the strings added in there for a big grand finale. They don't leave quietly, basically. 18. Pixie, Reborn. As much as their punk vibe brings to mind some other K-pop girl groups like Dreamcatcher, I do think Pixie is really doing their own thing. Their own twist on the pop, punk, rock-ish subgenre. 
they really add their own classically them delivery like the sultry vocals on natural the unexpected tempo of deja vu the echoey voices they add to greetings they really add flourishes to what would otherwise be just classic pop songs to make it their own this personalization also makes villains stand out and my favorite the rock gem swan song their world building just getting started at the start of the villain video, the screen says Dark City Episode 1. So this is definitely just the start of something. Side note, why is it like a trend in K-pop videos these days for the jewelry, robbery-related, bank heist-type plot? I feel like a lot of videos have that lately. Hot robbery summer, what is going on? 17. Say the name, 17. Card. R-E. They are back to the Red Moon-esque vibe that they are so good working with. Now I admit they still will not top Red Moon ever in my book, but this is a close second. Rin the Alarm does what it had to do, and the video is a great way to summarize how each of the four members really has their own distinct style. In every meaning, sonically, visually, outfit-wise, setting-wise, the stories they individually want to tell as artists are distinct. Then they all come together, and we get the magical, irreplicable combination that is Card. Whip is a song that's kind of chill compared to the rest of the album, but still classically them. Then we have Breakdown in this tropical song, Good Love, and both show off again what each member adds to the full release. The powerhouse vocalists mixed with the fierce rappers. Everyone just gets their time to demonstrate their strong suits through this album. And it is a great sonic definition of card, especially in light of the news. They all just renewed their contracts with DSP Media and said that they think the time apart really helped them actually get closer as a group and feel re-energized, get back in the zone for this new comeback. And I totally agree. The album is just titled right, the style of it is perfect, all to go with that message of we're back and better than ever after a moment of rest and recharge, and we have this synergy that did nothing but go on a brief break. If anything, it's improved. 16. BTS Proof I'm not sure how to review the music video without annoying some people, so I'm just going to be honest, but know I'm saying this from a true ARMY perspective. Nothing but love for the group. Nothing but respect for them. But the video did give me the sense of not you're running out of ideas, but it is definitely time for a break. The way they just walk through all these different overt symbols of their past musical eras, the statue, the school bus, the train, the carnival ride, it just felt very... You didn't have to search as much. It feels like it was time for them to get a nap. You know what I mean? Because some of their videos are really more ambiguous, more in-depth in terms of the work you can put into going down a rabbit hole, looking up art references, literature references, just symbolism, potential meaning in general. This was all just handed to us. Like, yeah, this is a nod back to that video. There's no deeper analysis needed. And so for them to pivot to not sending us on special missions to go explore the layered meaning of their work, to just overtly nod back to their previous work and not make us go look for the connections. To me, it just sent that message of, look, we're tired. We're not giving you another Easter egg hunt. We're just giving you all you need to know.
it just had that feel of, again, not phoning it in or anything, not boring, just not as in-depth as usual. So it left me feeling like they do want a break. They need time to come up with new ideas to feel refreshed. They're just kind of recycling this stuff in a symbolic way, kind of making their peace with saying goodbye to each previous chapter before they start a new one. So the video is not one of my favorite BTS videos because of that, but I will say the animated version, too cute, can't stop watching it, go at least watch the animated one. And the album is very touching, a very comprehensive anthology, with some new delights, run BTS, name one of the best songs of the year so far by me, for a reason, and it should be on all the best songs of 2022 lists at every media person ever. And the ballads are very touching for youth, which is about kind of feeling like life is meaningless until you can walk this path with other people. Yet to come is similarly reflective about where they've gone and how they still don't know where they want to go, but they just know they need to part with the past and hope for the best in the future. And at long last, we have a studio version of Born Singer, Bless. Fun fact, the five countries who tweeted the most about proof on release day, June 10th, 5th place India, 4th place the Philippines, 3rd place Indonesia, 2nd place USA, and 1st place South Korea. 15. Stray Kids Circus This song is everything. It is so classically Stray Kids. It's an everything but the kitchen sink song. So many fun sound effects, vocables, etc. It is so fun. They are really a perfect group for the concept of a circus, a sonic circus. Just giving them that premise and saying run with it, they can nail it. That was a given. And it really hits differently when they say welcome to my home while really making themselves at home. They just sort of blend in backstage at the circus show. They're just in the circus tent, minding their business like any other act. They are not the quirkiest performers there. They're just some of the more quote-unquote normal participants. They're not the out there more performers. Like, they really are just chilling at home. They made this their home. This is their low-key mode. The single really did just win me over. So loop-worthy. So to have even any other track on this album unnecessary to get my praise, but wonderful bonuses. Love, love, love the new attention on Silent Cry, a standout b-side from an earlier era that now has a new Japanese version. Venom and Maniac also have new Japanese versions, and the other two new tracks on this album, both high quality too, are Fairy Tale and Your Eyes. 14. Haze Undo Okay, where is her role in the live-action Barbie movie? Just saying. She really is just a style queen. So many cool examples of outfit inspo throughout the track videos. Her cute braids, space buns, pigtails. Even just the little things are very cute and style inspo, inspiration board worthy. Like how she fastens her scarf with this Chanel pin, the bright blue eyeliner she adds to this look with tall boots and a printed dress, this striped fuzzy jacket, so cute. Even her style extends to her car, which has these heart-shaped lights on it. Really nice touch. She rocks looks not just in the undo video, but in the track videos that are so enviable, like these perfect bangs, an edgier look in some moments, in others more of a boho chic thing. She also keeps it fresh with different mood setting, lighting, and locations, and pivots to animation for Supercar. The track videos make sure that she keeps things fresh because this album is classic haze, which is not a bad thing, but if you were looking for a big 180 pivot from her usual sound, you are not getting that. It's more of just what she's good at. 
but she keeps this release from feeling been there done that with these track videos, aka new forms of storytelling. And it's not just about aesthetic choices, but sometimes she revisits a scene from a different track video. Like in Undo and About Time, she's in the same outfit. She's in the same field for real love and love is alone. Then About Time is a compilation of other track videos in kind of a montage. The ways different track videos seem to be linked, lots of room to analyze those connections and piece together a different story based on those pairings. 13. Kepler Doublast. This is such a cute epitome of summer fun. What a great follow-up to First Impact. Up is this house music-inspired bop that is perfect for the summer getaway vibe they were going for. Super cute video, claymation-esque feel to it, where you can mentally and visually enter Kepler's Island. It's your special vacation mentally. Just immerse yourself in watching the super bright, colorful, cute, tropical video. Would love to see this performance come to life live someday. Them to have like a Kepler's Island pool party themed live show outside someday. Just spitball in here. It definitely reminds me a bit of Unnatural by WJSN. Just throwing that out there. Don't forget, a special dance video is going to be uploaded if and when Up reaches 30 million views. So keep it up, pun intended. As of recording time, not there yet, so keep streaming. After Up, they encapsulate summer vibes and a variety of circumstances that go along with that on the other songs. Like they bring to life the feeling of a summer love on attention by quickening the pace of it compared to some other tracks on here or just enjoying a chill summer night by just kind of letting their vocals be the focus on good night. They also kind of let their voices echo almost like ocean waves they sing about, so they ace the assignment. And then there's Rewind, a really sweet fan song that has a lot more, a lot more instrumental layers to it than just a bland ballad would. Last thing I'll say about this, I would like to see this magical lemon return in future Kepler videos because I have infinite follow-up questions about that lemon, where it came from, how it works. 12. Woo-ah. Joy. This album really is joyous. It's so fun and happy. Lots of giant desserts, floating objects everywhere, cute matching outfits, a bunch of confetti, purple clouds, a vanity mirror that basically does your makeup for you with robotic hands. It is quite a, a wonderland world, this parallel world where a bunch of surreal stuff happens. The video is really very over the top and very colorful and very likable, as are the songs, which are just really cute, fun, bouncy pop songs. There's a tropical twist on Go Away, very sweet and charming vocals on Straight Up, and the end with the bop that corresponds with one of their other super quirky best music videos, Catch the Stars. 11. Huda, aka Lee Minghyuk, Boom. The music video for Boom, first of all, he looks stunning. Second of all, major kick it by NCT 127 vibes. We love to see it. And speaking of NCT 127, I'm Rare, that's the song definitely for fans of Sit Down. He has this intense trap sound and rap focus of Boom, the title track that actually was originally called Boom Shakalaka. There's the high energy, I'm Rare, there's more attitude on Real Game, the rising action feel to instrumentals on Boom and Firework. 
then he focuses more on his softer side and vocal skill on some songs. So the ebb and flow of the album is very confident, bold, in-your-face sounds between softer, more calming instrumentals and vocals. What a multitudes he shows here, in part thanks to the fact he was so hands-on. He spent a full year, which is like seven years in K-pop years, writing, producing, and recording it. So he had a lot of time to craft this, make sure it did show the multitudes that he has proven to excel at showing. Make sure for sure you check out Is It Love? If you're a fan of Grey So Grey by Epic High featuring Yoonha. 10. Sunmi, Heartburn. This is classic Sunmi, super super smooth pop, both the retro heartburn and the city pop B-side childhood. I also love that she co-wrote the single and that it's kind of a companion to poor Peepom. Both songs are about intense, uncontained feelings of love, of allure, wanting to seduce someone. But poor Peepom is viewed as like the day version of the new single and was more about being enamored with the sunset, the scenery. In Heartburn, she's now ready to be enamored with an actual person and act on that desire-driven romantic impulse. Once again, she really disappears into her music video character. This time, that character is a time-traveling seducer who woos guys across decades. From 1856 Texas to 1928 Bogota to 1969 Tokyo and 1966 LA where she filmed the actual video. She leaves all these guys in her wake, and basically, maybe the thing she's alluding to is killing them? She has this evil red glint in her eyes. She watches guys rhythm pain before her, and just walks away like nothing happened. And she's literally dancing on graves later. Maybe not dancing on their graves, but dancing on graves while tossing flower petals in the air. It kind of reminds me of her noir-era character who was willing to just do the most outlandish things in the name of attention. So there could be more deep commentary there, or she's just immersing herself into the part of a fun movie villain. Either way, very entertaining and new comeback from her. 9. One OK Rock, Save Yourself Honestly, at first, I just really liked this song and just thought it was another great one from this Japanese rock group. But over time, it's grown on me even more, and I feel like it's extra catchy. Like, I thought they knocked it, I guess, into the park, and now I'm like, okay, they knocked it out of the park. With the attitude of the song, this whatever, I'm tired of waiting for you to put in mutual effort, so save yourself, I am done with this relationship, emotionally tapped out of it, emotionally checked out, and it just, with his defiant tone, makes for a really impressionable combination because he does have this standout vocal. Very signature way of delivering lines that brings them home in a really unique way. He just did it once again. The whole band did. It's just their classic sound in that tone of defiance. And I'm so excited for their full new album out this September, if this first single is any indication of what it will sound like. Eats. Joe Yuri, Why Waltz in Major. The A side for this, Love Sh, is meant to be both Sh in reference to shushing someone and Sh in reference to sugar honey iced tea, if you know what I mean, which I find both clever and cute and just like a perfect summation of this album for being so sweet and secretly a bit sassy, a bit mouthy, because she is singing about post breakup blues, but also post breakup bliss. Like now, with hindsight, I can see I don't miss you, and I'm better off without you. 
She's also clever with the title because the waltz is meant to refer to just waltzing through life, happy-go-lucky, while you're single. Celebrating being single now. With the Y being for Yuri and the word Y, W-H-Y. She also leaves things kind of ambiguous in the music video, where at times she looks really happy and at other times down. She shows off a lot of multitudes, sonically and visually. The video is also just adorable, really cute outfits, some more flashy, prom-ready, some more sporty, casual. Equally adorable too, the highlight medley video. She has this birthday party with a teddy bear, she's blowing giant bubbles, it's just really cute. Some fun facts. Opening is a song she composed herself, and her biggest inspiration she cited for this release as she wrote for and sang it, Becky Standout B-side, Roller Skates. 7. Omega X. Story written in music. I have a lot of quick thoughts about a lot of different songs on there. Things you should know if you want to check them out. Binary Star is a pop ballad. There's a more guitar-led ballad, Love. The best songs are Bounce With Me and Take Em All. There's a more mature R&B-esque delivery with Control. More vocal prowess on Dry Flower. A summery, less heavy Dance With You. There's a really cool call and response ready atmosphere provided by Airplane. Excited for that to be performed live in the future. And Don't plays during part of their highlight medley video that shows the members just running and goofing off together. So it's just this perfect juxtaposition to play this ballad of sorts during a light and fun performance, basically. Just shows their duality crystallized in that moment. The album is very serious and emotional and very goofy and not emotional. <laughs> just a lot of fun, too. I'm still processing the video. Some of my biggest questions I'm left with one is about these tennis balls. These giant tennis balls, are they friend or foe? Because in some scenes they wreak havoc, like when they're meteors crashing into them. But then in other scenes they're like treated as trophies for displaying in art museums and stuff like that. So do we like the tennis balls or are we supposed to eradicate them? What's the motive here, guys? I'm also wondering what's going on with the cast. When one member signs the cast, so instead of time out, it says overtime. That was a cool it style reference. I think it was a reference to it when they replaced loser with lover. TXT nodded to that too. So I think it is referenced here. But why? And how come right after this, the guy smashes his cast and seems to trigger what happens next, which is a massive explosion. So is this cast magic, or is the timing of the explosion just super coincidental to make it look like it caused it? Other thing I'm still contemplating, how did the news alerts about this giant tennis ball meteor crashing into Earth only offer up a $100 award if you return this tennis ball to authorities or whatever? $100 for a potentially Earth-saving discovery about a meteor's whereabouts? Now that is probably crazier than any of the giant tennis ball antics. So much goofiness, a must-watch video. And also, if you're responsible for designing a school or just have your own rich private tennis court, it's great architectural inspo with the cool light blue painted track with the music note graphic. Personalized tracks, like in some K-pop videos, should definitely be more normal. 6. Maria of the J-pop duo Gurney Delia with the solo album Moments. First of all, Maria did a nice job distinguishing her sound not just from the group sound, but Toku's as well. 
The other part of the duo, Garnidelia, Toku, he really did something very different with his solo stuff. Definitely more anime rock. Whereas Maria, her sound is more synth pop retro. A very light and fun pop album, but still that classic Garnidelia twist to it. Like the orchestral drama and extra rock and roll guitars thrown in there, here and there. We veer into dance pop territory on Star Rock. Fun computer game, ready sound effects in long distance, which has that spatial feeling I'm obsessed with when the music goes literally in one ear out the other. You hear it in one headphone and then the other. Love it. Heartbreaker is a ballad, but tons of electronic sound effects are thrown in. A pop ballad done right. Emphasis on the pop. Galactic Wind, kind of a rock and roll themed dance party of sorts. Prey is probably the most distinct of the tracks, so if you're not feeling the album, maybe skip to Prey. And Think Over, that one kind of gives me Breathe by AB6 vibes in certain moments. It's also a great bop for fans of The Weeknd's Blinding Lights. Overall, a really dynamic, full, and fun release. And she's got this really fun, glittery makeover to go with this new era. 5. Wanho, Facade. The intro and outro pair really well together to give the album a sense of completeness. So the middle is kind of all over the place because you have his really confident, bold, in-your-face title track, Crazy, and then more sentimental b-sides. He sings about fears of being alone, on close. Then there's White Miracle, the Korean version. But capping off both ends of the album are intros and outros that really sound ominous, like they're both from a freaking witching hour from 3am or something, even though they're called 9am and 9pm. The interesting irony in calling, for example, 9am, calling it that, and it sounding like something more suitable for 3am or something, perfect epitome of this album. The whole theme is a facade, is a duality, is a hidden opposite side. The music video for Crazy goes off as much as the song itself. Perfect for Wanho. Every detail just works so well for him. The outfits, the camera tilts, the way the light shines off his outfits, the muscle-bearing t-shirt. Every little detail is just so perfect to let him shine in the best way. 4. Luz, L-U-Z, Carnival I'm about to make what feels like the nichest of niche references. Really not sure anyone's gonna get this. But when I was a little kid, I was obsessed with this Disneyland sing-along video. It was incredibly smart marketing, actually. As you sang the Disney songs, saw the park. You saw the attractions, you saw the games, the food, the rides. Almost like a timeshare presentation of the park. It was such a clever way to basically have an infomercial and make kids want to go to Disneyland. Anyway, as a kid, all I could think about was the songs. As a little kid, it just didn't even cross my mind that it was just a marketing tool. I just thought it was a really nice, sweet gesture to let kids sing along while looking at the cool theme park. That's what was in my head watching this video for Carnival. Because I specifically remember from the millions on millions of times, I watched that sing-along how all the Disney villains would basically come together in the graveyard attraction. So all the people dressed up as Disney villains sang that Grim Grim and Ghost song together. And as a little kid, that was like the scary scene in the movie. The one where you hide under the covers or call your parents into the room. I'm extra sensitive, so maybe that was just me and was even more so back then. But I digress. 
that whole aesthetic of dressed up villains in a way that could be creepy to young people but as you get older just looks kind of silly that's the kind of vibe of the villains in their dinner party in the video for carnival it's a lot of fun though it's quite a dark wonderland-esque tea party setup with i guess zombie monster vampire hybrid guests look it's halloween and summer done right that's for sure this Alice character, like a goth version of Alice in Wonderland, goes through this magical doorway into this world of this creepy tea party where Luz is in his trademark vampire cosplay of sorts, and everyone around him is basically bowing to his commands. The ultimate party host. The video matches its campiness with its catchiness and just with its sonic traits because really the song is very eclectic and it really is kind of nerve-wracking. It's very frenetic and really fast-paced in a kind of a cartoony way, like you're running away from a villain in a cartoon and it just keeps picking up the pace more and more. So it's quite an immersive listen, especially when watching the video. It makes you feel like you're part of some sort of dark theatrical production and it just has a very cool industrial vibe to it that I always love in a song so he really has that unique Halloween all year round signature style that made me adore his latest full-length album naming it one of the best of last year. 3. Luna Summer Special Flip That I really went on at length about this album on Lunaverse Talk, Volume 6, I believe. 6 or 7. So check out that fairly recent episode for my breakdown. Music video theories, song appreciation, all that good stuff. 2. Wagamama Rakia, Anx. Anx is an album from this J-Rock girl group that I am so obsessed with. I really didn't think exceptionally highly of this group until now, but this album truly blew me away. And maybe I should have had higher expectations going into it because of the lead single we talked about in a previous Best of the Month Roundup episode and on the Best Songs of the Year so far episode, Gravity Game. That was a standout. But yeah, I guess I really just underestimated how much they could repeat and surpass the impressive production of Gravity Game. But they did. They have a sound that is such a unique position between all these different sources of influence. Like they're somewhere between a bunch of different variables lined up. Between Avril Lavigne, punk pop, a grungier sound than that, a real R-E-O-L or passcode-esque J-pop, J-rock, electro-pop influences, grungier stuff. The position on this dartboard or whatever, whatever hypothetical I'm trying to come up with, is very niche for them, very specific and irreplicable. They really are something else. Great personality on these songs. They go from rapping to singing, so much to love about each, so many layers to them, so much personality in each of them. The bridge in Bite Off, everything. And for some reason, it sounds a bit like the very beginning of Pirate by Everglow. Bite Off and Pirate, those songs sit together. Jinx does what Gravity Game did, where the whispered moments, the quieter moments, feel creepy and unnerving as opposed to calming. And they keep this ominous tone with the rapping mixed with murmuring back and forth, like they have an alter ego they're fighting with throughout the song. There's more playful, sinister rapping and whispering, plus dramatic pauses before the high-speed verses in SWSW. 
And my personal favorite, Devil's Gimmick, is so creepy and fun. It is grungy drums, dramatic pauses, electronic details, feisty rapping, uber dramatics, an excellently placed bridge, headbane-worthy status. It is everything. Drumroll, please, for number one. Nayeon from Twice, with her solo debut, Im Nayeon. Full disclosure, I know I try to be super subjective with these reviews, but man, Nayeon is my ride-or-die-twice bias. Like, no bias wrecker in the group for me. Nayeon all the way. Love them all, support them all, but Nayeon is just so cool to me. She's so likable, so fun, and I really became an official that's it forever she's my twice bias status. That change was probably during the Twice Lights world tour, but that's a story for another day. Really think she's the coolest and so, so likable. So I was so excited to hear her plan to go solo, and she did not disappoint. Really, really fun, sugary, sweet, bubblegummy pop bops, but this album does have more mature moments, some R&B, lower tempo stuff. The best songs, I would say, besides Pop, the single, rightly chosen to be the single, All or Nothing, which she actually wrote during that Twice Lights tour in the USA, and I love the message about the power of controlling your own future. Then there's Candy Floss, which shows off her true vocal skill the most, I think. And it was worked on by Jade Thurwall, a fellow pop queen from Little Mix. Pop, All or Nothing, Candy Floss, and No Problem, with Felix of Stray Kids, can't get enough of his voice, and Nayan herself said she can't either, so that's why they teamed up. It's a perfect dance the night away without a care in the world song. Very mood boosting. And just a surprisingly perfect pairing. Such an opposite to tracked confirmation with her really high-pitched voice and Felix's super deep one. The music video for Pop, I've seen so many times trying to keep up with all the outfit changes and all of the setting changes, so let me know if your tally is different. But I've come up with, I think, she rocks 13 costume changes and dances through 11 different locations. 11 settings, 13 outfits. It's a lot. Nearly a dozen or more than a dozen, either way. Really glad JYP was pulling at all the stops for her wonderful debut. Some quick honorable mentions. Pink Fun. PFF, I believe. Part of the title does not translate to English, but the other part is PFF. This song actually came out in May, but the music video is new from June. And lately, because I have been checking out hundreds of videos a month, you've got to work extra hard to stand out in my mind. And so when a group is super memorable with their video, I remember it. And so very quirky videos, very weird ones stay on my radar. And so they were able to really stand out and leave any impression, period, let alone a good one, with PFF. Because this video is bonkers. It gives off Yo Gabba Gabba vibes. This is Yo Gabba Gabba, or a similar character now, feel old yet. Big furry monster character they play games with. Volleyball, tug of war, a game show, with the most random options. Like they have to guess what his favorite smell is. Summer, a spider, a broomstick, or the smell after it rains. They guess that. Apparently his favorite smell is summer, so they get that wrong. I guess it makes sense for it to not make sense. 
The power seemed to rub off on the girls, who can eventually also emit sparks from their hands. And in the end, this guy, this Bigfoot type guy, is just wallowing in self-pity on the gym floor. I guess having lost the volleyball game. And so the girls run over to comfort him. And he offers up this present, which looks like a Polaroid of them. So I guess he's crushing on them or wants them to know that he idolizes them or admires them. But he gives a picture of them to themselves. Maybe he just wanted to make the video meta. I don't know. This Bigfoot needs help. But it's just a very funny, weird video. And it was just important to me to give it a shout out because the song is so catchy and cute. And didn't get its due praise when it came out. Not just in terms of the usual rant I go on about C-pop and J-pop groups not getting enough appreciation if only they had the promotional infrastructure to get it. I'm not just even talking about that logistical hurdle, but I'm also saying I personally did not give this on enough appreciation before, and it really is one of those that deserves a second try. Then you realize how cute and catchy it is. It's giving Wonder Girls vibes meets Lionheart slash other retro era girls generation. A song for second gen K-pop fans with the quirkiness of like EXO's power era. Degrees of the sound and visual quirkiness that I think ought to be appreciated more. Jungkook and Charlie Puth, left and right. Love, love, love that in one headphone then travels into the other spatial listening experience with headphones. I love the personality they both add to the music video, which is simple, but all they need are those charming smiles to make it watchable and rewatchable. Classic Charlie Puth with the sad but still foot-tapping your way through troubles sound to it, but it adds a fun surprise for him thanks to Jungkook. They really are just such a fun pairing. The song's cheeky nature emulated really well with this duo. I hope it's just the start of a creative partnership. From Miss Nine, from Armamento Box. As I've said before, pretty much everything since the We Go era has been their peak. They really found their lane and have stuck there, and they definitely still have the We Go vibe for Stay This Way. That's how they've stayed for a while now. They have indeed stayed that way. They have more bouncy and synth-focused fun on the B-sides. Just a great summer-ready album in a very summery beach hangout theme for a video. Quicker honorable mentions for a lightning round. Cheese's video for Pondan is very interesting, very intriguing. Feels like the plot of a K-drama or a movie or something, where she almost has a voodoo doll type skill to affect what happens to her crush. So her ways of wooing him are anything but expected. More quirkiness from Adora's Trouble Travel, where she basically walks through a world full of 2D animals until she too becomes a 2D animation. More quirky cute fun with Bugaboo Single Pop, very highly choreographed, impressive, and very technicolor, bursting with energy. It's another to-be-continued story for them. They're definitely ones to watch. Dawn continues to exude charisma with Stupid Cool, where he is just his nerdy self. and It's so fun how much he embraces his eclectic energy. He really did remind me for the millionth time how perfect he is for Hyuna. They are just such an OTP.
And I like how in the video, he did sneak in a reference to an engagement ring. He also added dancing with giant stuffed animals, a fun teddy bear hat, big fuzzy amps for his guitar. Just so, so quirky. He looks at a detail that's bland and says change it. And pretty soon the whole room is a freaking fun house. And I love that his computer browser is Windon as opposed to Windows. I'm a sucker for puns. Hyolin's standout from Queendom 2, Wakaboom, now has a video to go with it where she rocks very queen-like warrior attire, very cool metallic pieces, and sky-high boots. And there's an interesting opening monologue about facing a sandstorm on your way to Utopia, towards this oasis, getting through a battlefield, and in the end it'll be worth it. She's talking literally and presumably metaphorically. She really does prove with the video why she was chosen for queendom and is considered to have as much charisma and stage presence as a full group does. We obviously just talked a lot on a recent episode about Espa's new album, but we didn't really talk about Life's Too Short, which was the pre-release video and single. Make sure you don't miss that. It's very, very cute, very, very pink, and very, very mood-setting as the ultimate vibe of the IRL Espas, the non-alter-ego Espas, the ones that just live on Earth without supernatural powers. And it's a fun, surprising message for a group focused on living in digital spaces to release a song about not getting caught up too much in what's happening on the internet. Unexpected source of that social commentary for sure, but I'll take it. Big Naughty's new album, Nanam, is worth a listen, especially the opening track, which sounds like a Jaden Smith song. Definitely a good thing. Yeonjae's new solo release, Sugar, plays like one lawn love song. Like one spitballing on guitar, rocking out session, confessing his love. But then he pivots and changes things up and amps up the drama later on. But it starts out as just a chill, son-to-son, seamlessly transitioned hangout session. It basically, it's mellow, then enters all the feels, very naturally. Kawaguchi Arena has a beautiful new video for Cherish. Look at Me is still her best single, to be honest, but this video is extra cute. Lots of gorgeous dresses, pastel flowers. Really cool outfits from Shindy, X-I-N-D-Y, in the video for Mermaid. She has this cool ruffle skirt, lots of beads and pearls, and gorgeous platinum silver hair. Make sure to keep up with Rolling Quartz, who continue to release videos for their songs off of the album Fighting, their latest offering, Holler. Also keep tabs on Dreamcatcher's solo song videos that are slowly being released to let each member shine on their own. The boys are very cute and youthful, but continuing their Drink It era vampire identity with the video for Sweet, where they live in this place called the Happy Vampire Village that I hope they revisit. Lots of story potential there. Speaking of story potential, Only One Of's Yujun has a very synthy, rad new solo release with a special touching music video to go with it. It's called Begin. And he basically is calling it a tribute to the unspoken people, the people with silent stories they are carrying, people who need an outlet to express themselves. He hopes to be that outlet. Touching way of talking about this. Speaking of only one of, they have a new Japanese release, Seamless Mind. It's a very AB6-esque song, which is a great thing. Two powerhouses collide on this R&B and synth pop jam, Color Me, by Junie and Shunha. Sa Inguk has a new single, My Love, featuring Ravi, with beautiful vocals on it. 
beautiful performance skills that blow me away every time with my bias of all biases, Taeyeon, in the dance video for Ghost. Underrated pop rock artist Yegni, Y-E-G-N-Y, has a new single you should check out called Lazy Bones. Tan look incredible in their new music video for Louder. A super fun party-ready jam from Ooh La La Session again with I Am Fine. We're going to talk about Super Kind a lot more on an upcoming episode, but whatever you think about the concept, their debut on Watch Out, it goes off. Lastly, I'll leave you with my one kind of anti-recommendation. If you like odd, yeah, plain odd, strange videos, leaving an impression but not necessarily in a desired way, check out A-Train's video for 500,000 km NF Sonata. Let me know what you think. As for the best English releases last month, Dove Cameron continues to excel with the same sound of Boyfriend, but also different, on her new single Breakfast. Charlie XCX teamed up with Tiesto for the runway ready, even if it's just a personal runway in your closet. You're strutting your stuff song, hot in it. And Jax has a song I would have loved to hear when I was younger. I'm so glad young girls will be able to hear this song. It's such a good song, and it's so funny. It's Jax's song, J-A-X. It's called Victoria's Secret. That is all for me today. I will link to all these videos and songs I talked about today, including honorable mentions, on an upcoming post, both at my website and at howtostand.substack.com, so stay tuned for that. It will be a free post. Thank you guys as always for tuning in, and I will talk to you all again very soon. Bye, everybody.